Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Liz. Welcome to another edition of Rural Routes, the program where we gather every day at this time. Well, J.C. Cole, we do it Monday through Friday. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between rural and urban America. J.C. Cole checking in because it's Wednesday. Uh, not that I don't think about you all the time, J.C., but I thought about you last night because I was near Platt, South Dakota for the Missouri River Gregory County Storage Project, which is a horrible project for producing electricity. We can talk about that later or not. But Erin Schulte and her family bought half a pig for me in about in a cooler, frozen, and I delivered that to her house on the way to the meeting, and she said that there's a couple of ladies who had just left her house from Lafayette, and they were driving around rural South Dakota selling textbooks for teaching kids. Excellent. <laughs> for like a homeschool curriculum. Well, naturally, I thought of you because, I don't know, you know anything about Lafayette? Yeah. Um, yeah, it looks like Lafayette is getting in the news recently, along with uh, most of those guys over there. What's up with that? <sighs> um, I think insanity. Uh, <laughs> hey, there's a good dose of it going around. Everybody might get, might as well get a little. True, true. But, uh, you know, I wanted to start off uh, today because I kind of bumped into a little bit of American heritage um, by accident uh, over the week. <clears throat> I thought it was kind of neat that uh, one of my uh, fraternity brothers, uh, mother had passed away and she was 88. So she had a good life. <clears throat> And so I went to the uh, the funeral, and it was in Trappe, Pennsylvania. Of course, I never heard of Trappe, Pennsylvania before. Um, that's about an hour away. It's kind of halfway between uh, Philadelphia and, and uh, Bethlehem, the Lehigh Valley. And uh, but it turns out that the um, uh, the reception was at the Trappe church, which I think is called the Augusta Church, that was built in 1744. It is the first Lutheran church in America. Really? And uh, they actually had requested Henry Muhlenberg, the pastor from Germany, to come over in 70, uh, 1742. So that's 200 years ago. And he, he put together the congregation and built the church. So so there I was in the oldest Lutheran church in America. And uh, I noticed a couple of things. One is their pews are rather small. Either that or my rear end is a little bit bigger than was uh, of that time. But we shouldn't really go there. <laughs> Although you just did. Yes. And I was standing next to an open window. And Trent, I can't remember ever being in church next to an open window. And it was a beautiful sunny day. So I'm listening to the sermon, which was quite nice, and looking out the window. And um, and it's beautiful and sunny. And, of course, into the graveyard, which is over 200 years old. And I'm, you know, sitting there going, well, you can't, you can't read any of these stones any longer, <clears throat> um, which is kind of a strange thing for our, our uh, species. But here, here is the big one. So, so leaving the church, and the church is tiny. It's like maybe 600, 
700 square feet. And, um, and I walk out and there is a small gravestone that you could read with a couple of flags next to it. And it, um, it basically said, here's the grave of 15 unknown soldiers of the Continental Army. I'm sitting there scratching my head going, here's 15 people, probably a few young boys Mm -hmm. who died so that we could have our freedom. Isn't that amazing? So that's undoubtedly the first tomb of the unknown soldier. It's it's one of them because apparently there are a few in that region. But so Mm -hmm. then I did a little research on the the, uh, Augusta Church in Trape. And it turned out during the American Revolution, the building was used as a camping site and a hospital for the Continental Army. Which oh, sense. so they died right there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we've got to keep that in mind that we have great people who have died so that we have our freedom. And um, we have to, it's, it's our turn to carry that, that, uh, that torch. Yeah, so so that was my uh, unexpected. Uh, yeah, that's fantastic. I'm not sure where we go for the rest of the program when you start with something that was that meaningful. Well, I think we could get to what what's meaningful. There's a clandestine war of attrition uh, on oh, us. Before we go to a clandestine war, I got to tell you this story because you you made me think of it when you said that you never been in a church with windows open. I don't think I have either. But <clears throat> I serve at the pleasure of the governor of Nebraska on the Capitol Commission. And yesterday we had another meeting and we are on a $131 million capital renovation project, five phases. We're just starting phase four. And part of these phases um, is a complete redo of the duct for heating and air. So the the Capitol building itself in Nebraska first started to work in 1921. And you can look at those pictures of what they were were doing in 1921 to build the tallest Capitol in the nation. And not only have the tallest Capitol in the nation, we have an emblem called the sower, which is a guy sowing seed at the top, which weighs nine ton. I mean, pulled all that off in 1920 is pretty significant. But they went through and they put in the uh, the bottom floor. I, I always notice that, J.C., when I go in the state capital of Nebraska, it's fairly dark. The first floor has always been dark. Well, the reason it's dark is that in the 60s, somebody decided that it would be a good idea to come in and drop the ceiling in the first floor and put the heating and air conditioning ducts in there. And when they did that, they pretty much covered up the windows that were there on the top of the first floor. Guess what part of our $131 million project is? To get rid of those ducts because we've eliminated natural light and the ability to cool the first floor. So in the 20s, when they built this thing, they built it so that the natural airflow came in and cooled and also it was low enough that it provided some heat. It, it was living in conjunction with what the environment was in the 60s we're smarter than that they come in and put in air conditioning ductwork system completely destroy all the natural lighting and now we're spending 131 million dollars fixing what they screwed up in the 60s 
by the way, yep. for the record, we're we're not spending one hundred thirty one million on just the duct work. It's a whole capital renovation. But think about how many things today that we have in terms of buildings that are not in conjunction with like this church with a window that opens. My goodness, it's kind of a simple thing. Yes, and uh, it, here's another one that is really um, uh, challenging, <clears throat> especially in the Midwest. If you go through and you see these large water towers, yeah, absolutely. Well, this made this, yeah, it made perfect sense from the engineering side that you could slowly pump the water up, and it created a, um, a hydraulic head of pressure to feed the whole town. Well. Some geniuses, you know, in the 70s are going, hey, we don't need that anymore. We can use electric pumps instead of having natural gravity feed. And uh, so let's bypass that and let's start dropping them. Well, if we lose electricity, those people who got rid of their uh, their water tanks aren't going to have water. Do you know just- that last fall I did an entire, no, no excuse me, it was March. I can, I, I'll send it to you because you're going to love it. I drove from my house to um, North Dakota, and I stopped in every town, not every single town, but as many as I could in my 30-minute TV show, focusing on every water tower in every town I drove by and talked about this exact thing. We've got to keep them. It's just common sense. I mean, you think about the things that our pioneers did, JC. They did them because they, they were logical made sense and created less dependence. And what's happened since then is the creation of dependence so that there has to be an entity in the middle, whether it be the local water department or the federal government, doesn't matter. We've already gotten through our first segment. My goodness, I must have talked too much. We'll be back with more J.C. Cole after this. So here's the bottom line of the future of agriculture. Are you getting paid enough to compensate for the inflation and what's going on in the world in terms of accelerated costs? In the beef business, it's at every turn, from taxes to feed to you name it. Vet supplies, it all costs more money. You have to get more of the consumer's food dollar to make it work, and that's why Certified Piedmontese has established a premium structure that keeps you in business because here's what the folks at Lone Creek realize that if there's not somebody out there continuing to produce cattle we can't sell the beef that's why the partnership works so well and the premiums are such $180 over market price that's at six weeks post weaning get full details on producing a 600 pound calf for Lone Creek at LoneCreekCattleCo.com welcome back Roll out, J.C. Cole alongside from New Jersey. It appears you're still in New Jersey. You haven't seen the light and moved to the Great Plains of America yet? No, I have not seen the light. <laughs> <laughs> I saw pictures, but I haven't seen the light. I saw pictures. So, so look, let's deal with probably one of the most important things coming our way, and that is that we're tr- – Somebody is trying to provoke us into a civil war. And this is incredibly dangerous for us because if we go into it, we fight brother against brother and we weaken ourselves dramatically and make ourselves exposed to a third party coming in and invading. Um, And, uh, you know, if you start to just look at the big picture, you can see that our administration is sending our armaments off to Eastern Europe. They're not replacing them. Right. So we won't be able to defend ourselves. 
They're shutting down fuel. They're shutting down food. They're shutting down water. So we're in a clandestine war of attrition. Little by little, they're taking away everything we need to fight. Right. Uh, you and forgot so, to mention so, shutting down our own military at the same time. Yes, and shutting down our military for stupidity. Absolutely stu- stupid uh, um, reasons. Right. They're using this uh, this uh, clock shot uh, as a tool to destroy the country. And we have to wake up. Right. So so here it is. Natural. Uh, just some blurbs. Natural gas prices, which actually natural gas is relatively inexpensive in America right now. Right. Uh, uh, price explosion will put diesel in the crosshairs during the winter. Uh Oh, right. And and if we look at what's happening to our poor European cousins, they're getting slammed. Um, the 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 EU natural gas price, right, is now about an equivalent of four hundred and twenty dollars for a barrel of oil. That's stunning. We don't know how the Europeans are going to make it through the winter. So it looks like somebody is trying to destroy the Europe, Europe, uh, and European business. And of course, they're blaming it on the Russians, of which the Russians, you know, clearly anybody who looks into this, um, the Russians were provoked and had to defend themselves. And now we have it again, where they're about ready to start World War III, where somebody supplied the Ukrainians missiles, it's either the Americans or the uh, Brits, and the Ukrainians are using them to shell their own, their own nuclear power plant, which the Russians control, right? And, if, and that could create a disaster far greater than uh, Fukushima for all of Europe. So to clarify, do you believe that you said the Russians control this nuclear power plant, which we know to be true, but it's reported that, Putin went in to basically take control of this power plant because he knew that it was the risk point of the whole situation. And and if there was any damage to this power plant, everything was going to break loose, pun intended. Yes, that's that's my understanding. In other words, they strategically knew that this is a a dangerous point and and they took control of it. And now it looks like they're they're correct. And now you get you get reports. The propaganda is is you know, um, you know, how would you say a few feet deep coming out that the Russians attacked themselves, of course, that would create a nuclear, uh, uh, release that would go on to their own territory. Right. That's makes just about absurd as possible. Yeah. It makes absolute no, uh, no sense. But if you look at it, that the Kazarian, the Kazarian bloodline are a death cult. And, and there's something known, not many people know it, but there's something known as the, um, the, uh, the Samson option, the Samson option, which is applied mostly by the Kazarians. And Samson destroyed the temple and they're, uh, killing his foe, but therefore killing himself. In other words, it's a suicide pact. Mm-hmm. If they don't take everybody with them. And you can just look at that tiny little country in the Middle East to figure out who that is. Right. And, and we've been lied to about almost everything. <clears throat> so, right. 
if the global cost of natural gas is that high, why are we still, I'll just say, lucky? Well, I, I think we're, we're, we have, uh, well, one is we're lucky, but you have, um, you know, you have a lag time, right? That uh, uh, before it affects us. So mm-hmm. Europe is uh, Europe is getting slammed, and um, again, more production is closing. Uh, what did I find? Um, bankruptcies in Europe are exploding. In the past three months, bankruptcies were up twelve uh, percent in Denmark, fifteen uh, percent, and seventy four percent in Latvia. Bankruptcies. They're destroying the economy deliberately. Yeah, that's clear to see. Uh, so yesterday there was supposedly a, a judge ordered the uh, Obama administration to get back to exploring oil and the federal lands. I think it's the Biden administration, but you might have been correct. <laughs> what did I say? Obama. <laughs> did I really? Yes. Oofta. But I think you might be correct. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that wasn't on purpose. Whoever, okay. whoever administration <laughs> has been right. told that they have. To, so I'm, I'm wondering what follow through will there be to, to, to go do oil exploration when a judge says you have to do this? Uh, it, it actually looks like there is a behind the scenes battle going on. You know, between some people trying to save the country and some people trying to destroy the country. I think that's pretty evident. I fully understand that. But when a judge issues an order for the federal government to go back to oil exploration, nothing says that they're going to go do it. No, that's true. We see the federal government uh, uh, ignoring a bunch of the laws. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to take pressure from we, the people, to make that happen. Um, that's true. Um, well, that's the answer for that... all of our scenarios, by the way. Right. And, and, and this leads into what the Civil War is. This is not the, the North against the South or over slavery. This is actually, um, uh, uh, let's say, um, the the patriots against the uh, totalitarian uh, federal government that's not doing its job. You know, we touched on that. You have governors now uh, arresting illegal migrants um, and, and shipping them to uh, um, Washington, D.C., federal territory and New York City, Libtard Central, and, and dumping them there. And this is, this is, this is the, uh, kind of a, a nonviolent act of, of defiance and we're getting this <clears throat> in a bunch of different areas um and you watched uh, some of the uh, uh, the uh, democratic media first they're not democrats i don't know what they are but they're not democrats right media went full uh, or orwellian that republicans are now all terrorists so they're they're using they're basically using neuro-linguistic programming to program, uh, um, you know, the meatheads who listen to them. 
that uh, the other side um, it, it are terrorists. You know, and this didn't is, that start in a school board meeting? Huh? Yeah, and, and it, it's it's in it's in a bunch of different areas, and so now you get the red states block federal agencies from operating with impunity. Well, actually, I think all states should block the federal Absolutely. agencies. Uh, I don't have now, time to on, dig on, into this, but I don't have time for that where you're going to go right there either. Just want to give kudos to Scott Moe, Premier of Saskatchewan, because the tyrant Trudeau is reportedly sending agents out into the country and the provinces to go check for nitrates and water supplies. And Premier of Saskatchewan, Mo said, come to my province. I'll make sure you stay in my province. I'll arrest you. That's kind of strength we need at the local level. More Jay-Z Cole after this. Protect the Harvest continuing to be on the front edge of getting you information. That would be the leading edge in the front lines, in the trenches. Protect the Harvest empowering you. We're going to talk about this South Dakota project that will consume property rights. It will consume property, period. That's the Gregory County Pump Storage Unit. So you turn to Protect the Harvest to get details about where this has happened in other places. See what I learned. By going to South Dakota last night, by being in Montana, by being in North Dakota, by being in California, you learn that none of these are isolated. So you have somebody that puts it all together to say, here's what's happened in California. Here's what you can do in South Dakota. That's why. Or Missouri. Don't leave Missouri out. That's why you turn to Protect the Harvest to empower yourself to get the job done. ProtectTheHarvest.com. Welcome back. Roll route, Trent Lewis, alongside J.C. Cole, joining us from New Jersey. Kevin Jenkins is doing well. Fortunately, he was not in New Jersey. He had to go to the hospital. Prayers have been received, and he's on the road to recovery. So I don't know if you knew about that, J.C., but I talked to him yesterday. He sounded good. Sounded like his old self. His wife has him sequestered. <laughs> good. Good. But, I told him, I said, Kevin, if you'd gone to a hospital in New Jersey, you know, I wouldn't be able to call you. He said, I'd be dead. So thanks for the prayers, and it makes a difference what we're talking about. It does. It does. So let's let's just finish up on the Civil War. They're forcing us into a Civil War, and it looks like they're going to try and get it before uh, uh, social unrest, before the election's coming up in November and we've got to resist, but you also have to plan for it. My, my opinion is we'll either go right to the brink of it and then fortunately avoid it, or we will go into it, but you have to plan for it and have to plan for it now um, and take action. Speaking of the civil war last night in our meeting, I got to give credit to Brad Lawrence because he, he lined us out so well and it makes perfect sense. And we're talking about, the concept of energy, and now the push for green energy. I'm here to tell you, if it's if it has to be subsidized, it's not green. That's just bottom line. But he put it in the context of the Civil War, and he used the Civil War as an example. And he said, if you look at the Civil War, and he said, you can search this on your favorite search engine. 
who were the 10 most wealthy people in 1860. Seven of them were plantation owners from the South, and three were steel mill operators in the North. Post-Civil War, that's all flipped. It's no longer the people of the South. It's, it's and, and now the whole concept is that we have a new war, which you've been telling us for coming on two years, and the war, it isn't really even about religion, and maybe it is. I think there is a connotation of religion, but it's about shifting of the wealth. And somebody, if there's too many people that have been a part of fossil fuels, there are not fossil fuels, oil recovery and coal and natural gas. And so now some powers that be globally, not just in the United States, want to shift that so that they no longer have it. I think it's even expanded where those powers want to maintain their dominance. And now they're being exposed. A couple thousand year old uh, hierarchy that these are the leading families that are in pedophilia and child sacrifice. And it's being exposed. And when, when the common man finally wakes up and realizes that we're being run by a bunch of, of of satanic um, uh, bloodlines, they're going to revolt. And so that, those families know it, and they're fighting hard as possible to start a world war and a civil war and get, get back under control. That's, that's the big picture. And including the actress who recently died, three people, no, I, I think it was four, a list of four people, in the Hollywood circle alone that were working on a project to expose pedophilia who are no longer converting oxygen to carbon dioxide. Yes. Yeah. And they're using the green agenda to, to lie to us for the control. Right. They got people to believe in it for a a percentage. And now they're trying to shut down everything, all food, animal protein, you know, get us to eat bugs. Uh, what what animal eats bugs? Uh, I think it's um, chickens. Basically, a reptile. Well, chickens eat bugs. Which, yes, by the chicken way, chickens bugs. are um, maybe a relative of the dinosaur. Yes, they are. Reportedly, so so I, I just want to touch um, real quickly on a couple of dates. You know, um, this week in history, August the twenty fourth. 410, Rome gets overran by the Visigoths, right? Empires fall, and that's what we're looking at. The American Empire, and if you look behind the scenes, you'll find a lot of Roman influence. Um, Looks that it's going to fall, and it almost always falls from corruption within. Mm -hmm. You see any corruption within? No, none. none. None at all, right? But also on a government overextending itself, August the 21st, 1992, Ruby Ridge. That was Is that really years. August 21st? Yep, that's when it began, 30 years ago this week. And mm. I would think that you'd know a lot more about this than I would. I actually communicated with um, Randy Weaver's daughter. Mm-hmm. And she was, uh, this was like two years ago. 
she was reluctant and would not join me on the air. We had a fantastic conversation and almost got her to join me on the air, but I didn't want to put her in a spot she didn't want to be put in. But she had she did a little bit of media stuff, and I think she had enough of that and just kind of went back. But I had a very good conversation with her. You missed it, August twenty first, nineteen eighty six. Was it eighty six? No, 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 no. There was an event on August twenty first, nineteen eighty six. You you skipped. Your daughter got born. Born. Nineteen eighty six. No. 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 But I my my daughter was born on August twenty second, two thousand two. Yes. <laughs> that was pretty you're, close. You're a, you're a stalker for sure. Um, Lake Nios in Cameroon in Central Africa had a CO2 incident where Lake Nios had uh, CO2 somehow merged with the water. They think it was underground. It came up and created a 10% CO2 in the atmosphere and killed nearly 2,000 people and all animals within a given radius. I've not been able to determine how big that radius was, but I put it in the context of right now, part of this green lie we're told we need to take CO2 from coal plants and ethanol plants, put it in a pipeline, send it to North Dakota, bury it a mile deep. Um, that's never been done. And the only thing that we know is that 2,000 people died August 21st, 1986, because of a CO2 situation. Yep. So here's another one. Not many people know, but this one is an, uh, incredibly important because it is playing out today. August the 26th, 1947. Nuremberg Oper- trials. Operation High Jump commenced. Oh. You know, what was, what was Operation High Jump? Well, that was when the United States Navy um, um, put, put together a flotilla uh, to go down to Antarctica um, and create a research base. Hmm. Except there was a flotilla of the British, the Australians, even the Russians, I would think, were in it. And it was led by Admiral Byrd with 4,000 military troops. Since when do you take 4,000 military troops to create a research base? So the story behind that is just before the end of World War II, two German uh, uh, U-boats were launched out of the Baltic Sea and carried uh, the closing stage uh, during uh, the closing stages of World War II, reportedly took members of the anti-gravity disc research development team, that would be UFOs, at drawings, designs, and some of the German flying discs, uh, known as the Nazi Bell or Die Glock, and uh, brought it down to Antarctica. And so we sent a flotilla down there to uh, to get it, apparently. Much of the technology and hardware that the Allies were looking for concerning Nazi secret weapon program had been uh, transported down to the base during the course of the war. And then there's this blurb, which I can't really prove. After locating a powerful race of underground being birds convoy was attacked by ufos ships were sunk damaged many killed and they were told never to return armed again 
So what we're looking at uh, is that World War II never ended. The Nazis escaped, and they escaped with advanced technology, and now it's coming back. Right now, you have to ask yourself, how come when we keep on having our leaders uh, uh, go down to Antarctica? What, to check on the penguins? Yeah, and so this this is all what's playing out. So the other part of that that should be troubling is if this was a, a joint effort, so to speak, Operation High Jump, that means that the Allies and the Nazis were somehow conspiring together. Yes. We know that the rat lines, called the rat lines, the Nazis escaped with the help of the Vatican, um, <clears throat> getting, uh, getting out of Europe. That was one. And two was uh, with uh, Operation Paperclip, um, the CIA, which evolved out of the OSS, um, went and picked the Nazi scientists and brought them into the United States. That's not even a secret. Nobody can say that's a conspiracy theory. It's well documented. Yeah, it's documented. Right. And then, and so they put Nazi scientists throughout all of U S industry, not just NASA. And now you see, you, you actually see the destruction of the United States. And a lot of it can be directly linked to George Bush Sr., who has a Nazi history. Roll out. We'll, we'll be back with the last part of the awakening after this. When I have, over the years, shared the information because people want to be critical of nitrates, people want to be critical of estrogen, I'll tell people that you, you're worried about your bacon or your ham because it's cured and it might have nitrates, but you flock to eating leafy greens because leafy greens are the highest level of nitrate possible. And you know what the first question that person always asks me? How do they get them in there? How do they get them in there, Nathan? Well, they're, they're cured, right? They're cured vegetables. And vegetables actually cure many diseases. So just like your bacon's cured, you know, I wrote a paper called uh, Nitrite, the cure for chronic disease. So just like nitrite, nitrate cure meat and prevent, you know, lipid oxidation and prevent, you know, food spoilage and bacterial infections and or bacterial overgrowth in the food, they do the same thing to us. They cure a lot of things because they improve nitric oxide, they improve oxygenation, they prevent oxidation, inflammation, and immune dysfunction. You want to live a cured life? Take a nitric oxide supplementation every day like I do. No2u.com. It's no2u.com. Put trend as your coupon code and you win big favors because you get free shipping and a 10% discount. Welcome back. Roll route. Trent Lewis alongside JC Cole joining us from New Jersey, bringing us up to speed on historical facts that I trust you and I neither one learned in high school because I didn't go to college, high school or grade school, by the way. Nuremberg trials were in 47 as well. That was all just a show then or to be reality. Well, part of it was real. Um, And actually, that's an interesting day in history also. Um, August the 23rd, 1939, Nazi Germany and the Soviet Union signed the Molotov-Ribbentrop Non-Aggression Pact, where they secretly divided up Eastern Europe between themselves. 
And of course, then something happened. We're still not sure where. Okay, so Hitler went in and took Poland and and Czechoslovakia, and uh, Stalin went in and took the Baltics, and uh, they didn't fight. And then for some reason, Hitler attacked Stalin, which I think surprised him. And uh, a couple other things on that, uh, that August the 23rd, 1943, was the Battle of Kursk, which was the largest tank battle in history between the Soviets and Nazi Germany, where over 10,000 tanks were involved. And there were 250,000 killed during that time. And the Soviets defeated the Germans in that battle. And that was basically the end of the, that was the end of the ability of, the Nazis to win the war, but it still continued for a couple of years. Right. So on Ribbentrop, um, Ribbentrop was the Minister of Foreign Affairs for Nazi Germany. My father delivered him to Nuremberg, along with Hermann Goering, the the head of the Luftwaffe, and also Donetsk, who who actually I believe replaced Hitler. So, yeah, this this story's not ended. Yeah, you don't need to study history anymore. You're you're living it. That's correct. Yeah. Hey, a weird thing happened on money this week. Forty-one <clears> percent <throat> of the physical gold was pulled out of the Chicago um, Mercantile Exchange. Really? Yeah, and it's like in one day. Oh, okay. Where'd it go? <laughs> but 41%. So that's implying that the systems are getting ready for um, the collapse of the, uh, the collapse of the fiat currency system and gold and silver will become quite valuable. Why didn't you tell me a long time ago I should buy uh, some silver? Uh, are you there? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, I got a note that you're had an unstable connection. You should have, you should. Maybe I am an unstable connection. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, doesn't matter. So, We're connected. So, you know, when we look at it, we have to get back to the same thing. There's okay. Well, you know, there's an attack on our country. Um, they're trying to force us into a civil war. They're trying to destroy our economy. Um, they're, you know, and and they're trying to do it to Europe, and they're trying to start a world war. You know, if you look at this other thing just happened in uh, in Russia with this assassination attempt where um, they just they missed and they they uh, assassinated um, an innocent person. And they handed the Russians the, the, the Trump card to go and start assassinating people in uh, in the NATO countries. You know, this was clearly Ukraine started it. And this woman, whoever did, who, who, who the Russians are blaming, is hiding on a NATO base in Estonia. You know, and, and you you do not start a fight like that with the Russians. Yeah. I, I would not be surprised if all of a sudden we see a couple of uh, 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 Western leaders falling over dead from uh, slipping on a banana peel. That's versus the clock shot. Yeah, I got it. Uh, well... I want to go back to something, but then you threw the clot shot in there. 
I think that the yeah. wheels the are way, coming I'm, off of that. I, and I'm going to be a part of helping that happen because this weekend, Gateway to Freedom, organized and hosted by Molly James and the James Health Clinic in St. Louis, we are going to have all the people who've been telling the real story for quite some time. So I'm looking forward to that little journey to St. Louis this weekend, JC. Yeah, I heard I heard 28, now it's up to 28 uh, Canadian doctors have died. Uh, how many minutes do we have, Trent? Five. Well, I'd like to bring up one, uh, one other... You're trying to get rid of me already? No, no. No, 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 no. I want to bring up a, a, another date in history. Um, this was uh, August the 28th. 2021. So this is last year. That's when Robert David Steele was reported to have died in the hospital. So maybe a, a small tribute to him. Yeah, you know, it's his too. And 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 I gotta say, you know, it's interesting to see that the last the, the only time I met Kevin Jenkins was on uh, August the 10th, and that's when Robert caught something i caught something uh two other people i know at that event caught something and uh knocked me right over um currently put robert in the uh robert in the hospital so i'm kind of not surprised that a year later kevin might be showing some signs yeah i'm not either fortunately I, i know that he's in a good place so that's good like, so it's hard to believe that's been a year since we've lost Robert. Yeah, it's Robert. been a year. Right. And uh, so here's a here's a short, elegant uh, tribute. It's from uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson. To leave the world a bit better, whether by a healthy child, a garden patch, or a redeemed social condition, to know even one life has breathed easier because you have lived. That is to have succeeded. Mm. I really like that. That's good because I, the biggest challenge that I have right now, to be honest, is I continue to talk to people who've been fighting right alongside with me and you. And they are like, what am I doing this for? People aren't waking up. People are going to create their own demise. I need to take care of my family and and forget the rest. I don't think that's the case. No, no, it's not. You got to, you got to fight with the community. But you know that's a that was a rather elegant and mild uh, uh, tribute, and we know Robert could be a bull in a china shop. <laughs> those who who knew him. So I have another one that's a little bit longer that I think is more fitting to Robert. Right? It was from Theodore Roosevelt. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by the dust and sweat and blood, who strives strives valiantly, who errs and comes up short again and again because there is no effort without error or shortcoming, but who knows the great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who, at the best, knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who, at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those timid souls 
who know neither victory nor defeat. Theodore Roosevelt. That describes Robert to me. It does describe Robert to you. Did you know that I had uh, rediscovered that and shared that this week on a couple social media platforms? No. <laughs> I've I've got to improve my stocking. <laughs> well, apparently you don't need to. Because <laughs> I, I just shared that. In fact, I was going to put it on across the pond yesterday. Then I didn't because I thought it was too long. But you got through it really good. Yeah, it is a little on the long side. But I'll tell you, it's it's pretty accurate. It is extremely Very accurate. And, and I think quite, quite, quite fitting for Robert David Steele. Yes. Wherever he is. May uh, God... Be watching him. Well, he found Jesus in the heartland, so it's all good. It is all good. (laughs) 2021 will forever be a year that uh, it it altered my life, no doubt about it. 70 days straight with Robert David Steele and Kevin Jenkins. And uh, you said he was a bit hard-headed. That's the biggest understatement you've ever made on air. Yeah. I was being polite. Yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. a bull in a china shop. He's a bull in a china shop. He just sometimes got to grab the leash from both sides. Well, he knows that. But um anyway. So, so you know at the end, look, we're going we're going into a very dangerous time and we have to prepare. We have to keep our 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 uh how do our foundation strong. We have to make sure you have food and water and fuel. You know, and, and of course, you know, of, of, of the ability to protect it. Did you want me to send you a picture of the hog scalder I had this week, got made for me this week? Well, it wasn't number one on my agenda, but I guess I'll look. <laughs> <laughs> right. You could use it for your chickens, too, but... I got the best friends on earth. Mike Smith Holdridge, Nebraska. I, t- I mentioned to him a couple weeks ago, I, I need to get a hog scalder. Yeah, it showed up in my front yard this week. It is amazing. So we're going to be scalding pigs left and right, 60 to 100 pounds. It's part of that planning and preparing that you're talking about, I'll just tell you. Yep. Yep. And, of course, let's let's uh, let me you know get on my soapbox on my favorite book, when technology fails, because we're seeing technology fail around the, around the world, which well, is a scary thing. This is not technology failing. This is the clock saying that we've run our course. We've successfully journeyed down the road connecting rural and urban America for the memory of Robert David Steele by J.C. Cole. Trent Luce. We all remind you, all roads do lead to a roll route. Not to be last to come to your mind, should be first. In fact, should have done this in the first segment when J.C. was talking about those 15 that were buried there at the church, Augustus Church, 1744. The org continues to bring to light those individuals who are, we'll call them hometown heroes. They get a tremendous amount of satisfaction driving through towns that have the signs up above with the individuals who've served from the community that's exactly what's happening here with the wall of honor you can submit your loved one who has been a part of service the wall of honor.org the place to do that also don't forget this is a place where you can donate to keep the cause rolling 
And most importantly, just go look at those individuals and spend a moment reading the information about the individuals who've been there for us and our freedom. The wall of honor.org.